The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We're off to Ecuador today, both north and south, where we have sunstone metals. Searching for uh, large-scale, giant, gold, copper porphyries. So it's a little bit different, this story, to uh, what we normally focus on, WA, where people scratch around for small deposits. The, the plan here is to come up with something very large-scale. So it's a name well-known in the industry for its... Uh, work in Ecuador and we have the managing director with us today, Malcolm Norris, to give us a rundown on just where the company's at. So with that, I will jump straight into it. G'day Malcolm, thanks for your time today. Yeah, hi Barry, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Right. Now Malcolm, for those, uh, as I said, the, no, the uh, company is well known in the market, but for those who haven't come across Sunstone, just give us a bit of a snapshot about the company's arrival in Ecuador and uh, what the targets are. Sure, yeah. So we... Um well, Sunstone first got involved in Ecuador in 2017 with a joint venture on the Bramaderos project. Um, but prior to that, the people at Sunstone had been uh, previously involved in exploration in Ecuador. Um, myself and our uh, general manager geology, a, a fellow called Dr. Bruce Rolak, um, actually took Solgold into uh, Ecuador uh, back in, um, I guess it was about 2012. Um, and we secured the Cascabel project and Bruce managed the drilling of that discovery. So Ecuador is um, a country that's familiar to us. And of course, gold, copper, porphyries are very familiar to us because uh, we've got a bit of a track record there of discovering them. Right. Uh, you mentioned Sol Gold there. It's uh, the London listed group based, based out of Brisbane, though. Uh, it's the one that BHP and uh, Newcrest both have 14% shareholdings in as it uh, shapes up into one of the largest undeveloped copper gold discoveries in the world. Now, uh, I mentioned that you're in the north and south. Uh, let's talk about uh, down south first, because uh, that's where you're more advanced, Bramaderas uh, area, where you've got the, the Bram slash Alba discovery. What's the latest on that? Yeah, so we're really busy down at Bramaderas at the moment. Um, we've got four rigs operating 24-7. And the reason uh, we're, we're giving it such a, a nudge at the moment is because we committed to the market that we would deliver an initial mineral resource estimate by the end of the year. Uh, so when we uh, worked back from that, we realised that we needed to drill a few more holes. So we, we've put all our rigs onto that Brahma Alba um, drilling. Now, I, I should stress that this is an initial mineral resource only to be delivered by the end of the year. It's going to be a good starting point. Um, but we have every expectation of uh, growing that resource. You know, it, it, it very much is a first step. I think people want to know how how big the system potentially is. So we'll be we'll be con contemplating an exploration target as well. But you know, the porphyry porphyry exploration um, often goes in these steps where you deliver an initial mineral resource and then you deliver another one, another one, another one, and and you know mm -hmm. they often double or triple. Uh, and that's the path that we hope to take. 
Right. Now, so what have you actually got there? You've got what, a, a cluster of high-grade pods, have you? When I say pods, rather large pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. So Brahmaderos concession, it's it's 5,000 hectares, so it's, it's fairly large. And within that, there are six identified porphyry centres, and each of those porphyry centres is, you know, roughly a kilometre diameter. So they are big pods. Um, but Brahma Alba is about 1.2 kilometres long by about, it varies, you're sort of 100 to 500 mm. metres wide. And um, within that area, uh, there's some higher grade domains and, and we put out a release a uh, week before last with some um, higher grade domains from the Alba end of the system. Um, and we've previously put out releases with higher grade um, subdomains in the Brahma part of the system as well. So mm-hmm. that's important. Um, you know, the Brahma Alba system uh, and the others, in fact, are all outcropping. So, so they're at surface. And, you know, these days of covered exploration and people saying all, all that outcrops has already been found, well, that's certainly not the case in Ecuador. Um, so these systems are at surface. They're only about 900 to 1,000 metres above sea level, so we're not in the high Andes. Um, mm-hmm. In the case of Brahmaderos as well, we're right next to the Pan American Highway, which is a, a bitumen road that runs through the western part of the concession. Uh, we're close to hydropower, and you know these days that's a very significant component. Um, 88% of Ecuador's power is generated from hydropower. Um, mm-hmm. And we're only an hour and a half's drive from the nearest commercial airport, which has several flights each day back to Quito. Um, so all of those things as well add into this consideration of how valuable is a porphyry deposit. And when you've got all of those, plus you've got good grades of surface, it becomes very valuable and uh, very attractive to us and very attractive to other companies as well, I'm sure. The uh- Interestingly, I mentioned in the opening there that uh, you're not scratching around WA. Um, but having said that, I, I don't think in this market there's an appreciation of what a large-scale porphyry um, deposit, copper gold or gold copper for that matter, discovery can mean for a company. Can you give investors a bit of a feel for why they are uh, can be significant value generators? Yes, they are large-scale and... Um they can be scaled up as well in a development. Um, so, you know, you don't have to go straight into a 40 million tonne per annum type operation, which mm-hmm. the big, the biggest ones around the world are operating at that sort of scale. Um, so they can be scaled up. Um, but they're very attractive because they are long life mines. And most mid-tier to large companies these days talk about long-life mines. So it enables you to get into development, pay back your capital, and then have potentially decades of operation ahead of you. Um, So, yes, they're lower grade, without doubt, but um, they're certainly long life. And, you know, they they have a a lifespan that that sees the ups and downs of the commodity cycle. Um, Hopefully copper and gold sort of... uh, Work, work with one another, um, mm-hmm. but they, they see the ups and downs of the commodity cycle and um, you've really got to be able to operate through those ups and downs. Mm. Yeah, I guess if there is a hang-up amongst investors here, it's the grade. <clears throat> they might see, you know, someone report a gold equivalent in WA of two, three, four grams a tonne. Here, generally, 
with big porphyries, uh, sub one gram a ton equivalent, but uh, they can be uh, immensely profitable given the, the the volume that can be pushed through. Yeah, they can. And, you know, speaking of WA, you look at Boddington, for example, and um, I know Boddington is operating, so they've, they've paid back their capital comfortably. But, you know, their, their grade is 0.53 gold and 0.11 copper. So that's a, a, mm-hmm. a 0.7 gold equivalent. Um, that's not unusual grades for a porphyry system. Um, you know, you look at um, back to Sol Gold in northern Ecuador. Um, theirs is a, a deposit that's likely to be developed as a big block cave. So it's underground. It's 500 metres below surface. Um, and their gold equivalent grade is about 0.9, so it's 0.37 copper, 0.25 gold. So you work your way through these comparisons with these big deposits, and um, you know, in the case of Gromaderos, we we realise that we're we're definitely in there amongst them and comparable to many porphyries around the world. Um, and again, it goes back to things like at surface strip ratio, um, proximity to infrastructure. And um, Brahmaderos really does tick all those boxes. Right. Now, up in the north, El Palma, uh, a more recent addition to the portfolio, but uh, you're making strides up there as well? Yeah, we are. That's right. More recent more recent um, addition. Um, so El Palma um, has a great address. And I guess, you know, in, in mineral exploration, uh, you often talk about the location um, and um, proximity to other deposits. And, and we're on this this regional geological domain called the Toachi Fault System. And it's it's an important controlling feature for the Cascabel deposit. Uh, there's another 1 billion tonne deposit on it called Lurimagua. So, um, you know, we're exactly the right address. This is a project mm. that we actually secured during COVID. So uh, we didn't we didn't uh, go and do a site visit, but we, we did have some familiarity with the area. And um, we, um, we discussed this opportunity with the then owner, who was a very well-respected um, Ecuadorian geologist who you know, used to work for RTZ and worked with David Lal and some of the famous names in porphyry exploration. So on all that he showed us and talked to us about, we thought the project was worthwhile pursuing. And... Hole one uh, delivered mineralization essentially from surface, um, and we got a 400 meter wide intersection, um, which was 0.66 gold equivalent. So, a great result. Um, but what's really interesting here is that is that the the area is essentially not outcropping because it's blanketed by this thin volcanic cover. So you know Ecuador is still mm-hmm. volcanically active, and every now and again a volcano mm-hmm. goes off and distribute some ash and and this area has got between sort of zero and 10 meters of ash cover so um, it's not the sort of area you just go in and you see porphyries outcropping like we do at Bromaderos. so uh, we've we've sampled through that ash cover to find some great anomalies uh, we've drilled 21 holes now um, and we've got some additional targets that are emerging so we're, we're hoping between now and the end of the year that we can drill additional targets as well as the main area we've already drilled uh, just to keep that discovery pipeline going. Mm. Uh, now, we mentioned uh, the porphyries uh, down at Bramaderos and here, but like Bramaderos, is there not, there's also apparently a potential for epithermal uh, targets? Yeah, there is. So, so Bramaderos, um, yeah, we've got, you know, all the focus, as we've said, has been on Brahma Alba. 
uh, we've got another four at least porphyry targets that we're going to be testing and uh, we'll be testing two or three of those between now and the end of the year. So again, you know, our, our goal is to deliver another discovery of a porphyry system at Bramaderos between mm. now and the end of the year if we can. But there's also epithermal opportunities and we've drilled two of these. Um, epithermals are smaller but higher grade. Um, you know, we've had gold grades up to eight or nine grams of gold. We've had silver grades up to a thousand grams of silver. Um, but it's a bit more difficult to join the dots sometimes on, on, a, on an epithermal system because they're, they're vein controlled. So we've, we've got some follow-up work to do on, um, on the epithermals, um, but it does represent you know, potentially a, a good opportunity to get in there with a smaller higher grade um, development at some point in time. So we'll do more work on that for sure in 2023. Mm-hmm. And the same at El Palma, epithermal targets there as well? Yeah, there are. Um, so just to the west of El Palma, there's actually a, a small gold mine operated by a, uh, a well-regarded Ecuadorian consortium, and uh, they produce you know, about 10,000, maybe 20,000 ounces a year, um, and it's around about 5 grams, um, sometimes up to 10. Um, so we know there's epithermal gold in the district, and then we've got a target in the northern part of our concession that we're actually trenching over at the moment. So we're doing some exploration up there in preparation for drilling. And we've seen a number of samples of plus five grams in, a, in an epithermal system. So there's absolutely the opportunity to deliver discovery there. Um, and then to add to the epithermal story, we, we secured um, through a letter of intent a, a property that's about two kilometers west of El Palmar. So it's all part of the same geology. And uh, that property had been explored in the 1990s by Rio Tinto. And you know, they identified a number of high-grade veins running up to 26 grams of gold uh, along the vein. Um, and they did minor drilling and, and mm-hmm. identified some broader, lower-grade intervals. So that's slated for exploration in 2023 as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly be pushing both porphyry and epithermal exploration on, on both Bramaderos and El Palma over the next several months. Everyone's aware, of course, of Chile's uh, copper riches, but uh, and the, there's a few questions there about um, new mining laws, etc. But I was wondering, Ecuador might be a bit uh, novel to some people in this market. Uh, what's it like as an investment destination for mining exploration? Yeah, so Ecuador uh, hasn't seen a lot of mining. In fact, they've only got two modern mines. One is a high-grade underground gold mine operated by Lundin Gold. Uh, it's called Fruta del Norte. Last year, they produced 430,000 ounces of gold at about $800 all in sustaining costs. So their, their head grade is 10 grams per tonne. Beautiful operation, extremely well run and a real credit to Lundin Gold. But it also enables the industry in Ecuador to say to the government, you know, this is what mm-hmm. a modern operation looks like. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's got huge benefit in terms of um, taxes and, and input back to the government. Newcrest is involved with that one. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newcrest owns 32% of uh, Lundin Gold. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is Mirador, which is a large porphyry uh, development that's operated by a Chinese company and they're selling concentrate back to, back to China. Um, so the industry is growing there. I guess, importantly, uh, the major companies all have a presence there, um, BHP and Anglo-American, Newcrest, as you mentioned. Uh, and recently, uh, interestingly, Barrick 
Gold announced that uh, they're opening a, a permanent presence in Ecuador. Uh, I think they look to sign an alliance with the with the government mining entity Anami, and they're looking for opportunities. So, you know, these big guys um, they do their homework, they understand sovereign risk, um, and they're willing to invest significant amounts of money in Ecuador. So, I think, you know, in future you'll see the industry growing. Um, the, the government is is still learning how how to manage a growing industry. Um, and they're, you know, they're taking it in small steps, but um, there's certainly very good public support from the president to uh, to promote mining in certain areas, not everywhere, but in certain areas within Ecuador. Yeah, sure. Okay. And I guess uh, Cascabel could be a bit of a trailblazer for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what plays out. Um with Solgold holding the asset, uh, as you said at the outset, BHP holding 14% of Solgold, Nucris holding 14%. The government saying it's a project they see as being significant to the development uh, of the Ecuador mining industry. So there's there's a lot to go there and uh, it'll be very good to watch. And you know, there's other really interesting projects. There's one by a TSXV company called Solaris. Um, that's the Warinsa project. That's a huge porphyry out in the southeast. Uh, there's Cangrejos, operated by Lumina Gold. So there's a range of other projects that are sort of at that resource definition, scoping, PFS type stage. So great opportunity for significant growth. The uh, general equity markets are going through a bit of a funk at the moment, but uh, copper, well, talking about BHP, BHP predicts a takeoff around 2025 uh, on supply issues starting to appear. Do you, uh, do you agree with that sort of view on copper? Yeah, look, I've been a copper bull for many years and it, it's always <laughs> it's always just a few years ahead of us. Um, so, um, but if you, if you step away from the uh, what I hope is short-term emotion and short-term market volatility, um, the, the fundamentals for copper are very, very strong. So, um, yes, at, at some point, um, you know, we're going to have some real, real supply issues. And, um, you know, let's, let's hope that, that uh, China is continuing to grow and, and that uh, Europe um, comes out of uh, its, its economic challenges at the moment. Same with the US and um, off we go. Um, but, uh, you know, some really interesting indicators. I mean, the, the Rio Tinto acquisition of Turquoise Hill, you know, they're, they're assuming a long-term $3.50 copper price to justify their NPV. Um, well, I'm sure it'll be that and more. Um, I think you know that'll that'll be a very a very profitable asset for them if they're only assuming $3.50 copper price. We'll, we'll see something higher than that for sure. Yeah, of course we got uh, BHP with a currently spurned offer for uh, Oz Minerals, which apparently prices in around a, a $3.80, $3.90 a pound copper price. So. Right, yeah, okay, and we know how conservative the, the big guys are, so <laughs> it'll be north mm. of that. So you've got a lot on the go. Um, it is uh, in Ecuador, of course. I'm just wondering, how do you go about managing the operations, managing the company as a, with you yeah. know, such a, a, a distant sort of opera, uh, operational base? Yeah, so we've, we've built a very strong team in Ecuador. So there's only five of us here in Australia. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of... A lot of phone calls, a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of remote um, management processes in place. 
Um, but we've also built a very strong team in Ecuador, and, and that covers everything from geology to environmental science and social science and um, accounting, HR, etc. We have a very strong management team in Ecuador. There's um, a number of them uh, that manage each of those areas, and they're doing a good job. And now that um, the world is opening up to travel, you know, I've been there twice this year. Um, our other managers from Australia have, have been there as well. So um, we're finding a way to, to make it work, um, and, and it seems to be going okay so far. Um, and, uh, you know, the markets have, have supported us. We did a raising in April that saw some institutional funds come in, um, and they certainly gave the ticket of approval to Ecuador. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're comfortable with the way things are operating at the moment. And uh, you mentioned that raising. What uh, What is the uh, cash position? Well-funded to uh, keep this momentum up? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, we're, we're spending a lot because we've got four rigs going 24-7, but... Um, Cash and shares, um, we're just over $20 million at the moment. Um, we hold about $1.5 million in shares in Copperstone Resources, which is a NASDAQ Stockholm listed company, and that's that's based on a transaction we did a few years ago for an asset that we held in, in Sweden. Um, so we still hold some of those shares. They're fully tradable, but a, a majority of our $21 million is um, is in cash, so we can continue to be very aggressive with our exploration uh, with four rigs for some time. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the rigs are spinning at uh, four rigs at uh, Brahma Alba. Are you drilling at El Palma currently? Um, right now we're not. So we, we made a decision to, to point all our rigs at Brahma Alba right. uh, in preparation for this resource, but um, the cutoff date for the, for the end of drilling for that resource is the end of September, so end of this month. Those rigs will then get dispersed back into uh, one to El Palma um, and one will continue at Brahma Alba and then the other two will, will go on to the other targets within the Brahmaderos concession um, and, and that's where we hope to deliver another discovery this year as well. So whether it be Le Mans or Melanal or Sandia, they're all great targets within the Brahmaderos concession and we'll, we'll get drilling on those after the end of September. Right. I mentioned that uh, the market, the general market going through a bit of a funk at the moment, and um, but yet the explorers are still having to deal with uh, school shortages and uh, cost inflation, cost escalation. What's the operating environment for an explorer in Ecuador like? So we've managed to put together a good team and, and we do have a, a good reputation in Ecuador. So we've managed to attract some, um, some very good, talented people. Um, so in terms of, of staff attraction and retention, um, mm-hmm. we're okay. Cost escalation, yes, we, we see that in Ecuador as well. Uh, Ecuador is a US dollar denominated country. Um, okay. So I guess we have to manage an exchange rate risk there as well. Um, so we are seeing some cost inflation, um, but it's it's not got to the point of what you're seeing, I, I don't think, in Australia just yet in the resources sector, where, where a lot of that is coming from the, the uh, scarcity of people and qualified qualified staff. So we haven't, we haven't seen that in equity. Right. Okay. All right, Malcolm. Well, let's bring it all together and give investors a feel for what they should look out for, obviously, uh, before the year's out, but uh, particularly in uh, 2023, I think. Yeah, so, um, you know, when, when we put our, um, 
all of our opportunities into perspective, um, before the end of the year, we'll deliver our initial mineral resource estimate for Brahma Alba. Um, it is only the first of what we expect to be many resource estimates to be completed for Brahmaderos. So it's, it's a foundation, if you like, and we'll build it from there. Uh, how we build it, we'll make more discoveries, and, and we're hoping that we'll be drilling um, one or two of those new areas between now and the end of the year and delivering a discovery during that period of time. Um, and then at El Palmar, um, when we send the rig back there in October, uh, we'll be drilling on a, a new target, we expect. So again, we'll drill on a new target and hope to deliver a new discovery. Um, and then as we go into 2023, um, we will be growing that, that resource base at Brahmaderos. And um, it'd be nice to think that at El Palmar, we could, we could take that through to some form of resource estimate during 2023 and um, continue to deliver just deliver discoveries. So we're still a discovery driven company. And that's what, mm. you know, has really given investors a lot of joy in the last 12 months because we made two. So uh, we're very much focused on making another two um, over the next several months. And just finally, I'll ask um, on a sort of corporate level, um, every major mining house, you mentioned Barrick earlier, uh, has copper as the the metal they want to be in in uh, coming years. Um, your market cap's 120. You're already at a very advanced stage. You've got the MRE coming up for one of the projects. You feeling uh, vulnerable at all to a potential for a low ball bid? Yeah, look, you always look over your shoulder. So, yeah, we're, we're monitoring that. And we know that the business development groups of these large companies do their jobs pretty well and um, that they manage lists of opportunities that are of interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look around the world, both Brahmaderos and El Palma um, would be on those lists. So, um, sure. yeah, mm-hmm. we keep an eye on that very carefully because um, there's a huge amount of value still to be delivered to Sunstone shareholders. Uh, we want to make sure that, that that's delivered uh, before we have to start dealing with any, any of those other um, parties, if you like. Distractions. Distractions, <laughs> that's right. They right. just want to deliver discoveries. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, very interesting story. Um, I think you summed it up uh, very well at the end there, talking about the huge value opportunity that uh, is unfolding in Ecuador. And we'll be watching with interest and good luck with it all. Thanks for your time today, Malcolm. Thanks very much, Barry. Appreciate it.